0: Hello and welcome to the Dream Swarm Podcast. This is your home for supernatural film, stories and art. I'm your host, Magic Realist Filmmaker Andy Mark Simpson. Are you sitting comfortably? Then we'll begin. Hello everyone, welcome to the next episode of Dream Swarm. We are doing a bit of a Christmas special at the moment, thinking of a great uh, Christmas tradition that happens in Britain, and that is of Mummer's Plays. I'm really pleased to be able to welcome Sam Seaborn of the Wantage Mummers, who's going to tell us all about it, so hello Sam. Hello Andy. Would you be able to just give us a brief introduction to yourself and the Wantage Mummers, what's it all about? Sure, my name is Sam
1: Seaborn. I've been associated with the Wantage Mummers for nearly 40 years. I became involved because I was a musician with the local Morris dancing team, and the Morris dancing team has always sponsored the Wantage Mummers in some way. And I was asked if I wanted to do a bit, and I did. And, and I think I've been involved every year since then, except for two years when I wasn't available. Initially, I was a musician with the Wantage uh, Morris Dancers, but uh, the Wantage Mummers' play does have music associated with it. And eventually I provided music for it as well. The Wantage Mummers have been around since 1975 in their current incarnation. They started to revive the local play in 1975 when a modified version of it was performed in the summer for the Queen's Silver Jubilee in 1977. And then on Boxing Day 1977, it started with local pubs and then moving around the town and the locality. We play to fairly large crowds. In Farringdon, there would be about 200 people turn out in the marketplace. In Wantage, about 300 people in the marketplace. And in Childry, about 150 people.
0: What are mummers plays? What's typical that people could expect of a mummas play in England?
1: There are three types of mummers plays. There is the hero combat play, which is the most common one. There's one which is based on a wooing courting sequence, less common. And there's another one which is based on sort of a, a sword dance, which is probably more common up north. The local play in Wantage is the mid-Barkshire mummer's play. That has two main characters, two, two protagonists, as it were. Our pl- version of the play has King Alfred, and, who, who was born in Wantage, and Bo Slasher, who is a French Napoleonic officer, I would say, and they fight a duel. Play is introduced by a character called Molly, a sort of pantomime dame type character. When King Alfred is wounded, he is brought back by a quack doctor. They fight again, though. Slasher is killed and brought back to life by a Spanish mystic called Jack Vinnie. We then have a beggar appear asking for money. That's the cadging part of uh, Mama's plays. And then we have a sort of soothsayer character come on who gives a rhyme about the events of the past year. So it's a sort of catch up on current events type, type of thing. That's Old Father Beelzebub. Play lasts about 20 minutes. It has a big audience and you might say, why is that the case? Because This is a play that's every year, it's the same script. Hundreds of people turn up every year. They'll turn up again this year and next year. They turn up in hundreds of other locations around the country. Why does it happen? Well, the Wantage Mummers have always been conscious of the historical feature of Mummers' plays, which is to incorporate a little topicality as sort of current events, you know. So there are, although we stick to the script, the script is sacrosanct, there are lots of sight gags which are about current events. There are no change to the scripts, but, you know, the sight gags say volume. So there's loads of topicality like that, which is fed in. And the other feature of the Wantage play is that Old Father Beelzebub's uh, rhyme he brings on at the end of the play includes things that have happened during the year that might have some sort of immediate, Using side to them. keeps the audience happy.
0: So, as you say, you've got a script which has gone back to the mid 70s with your particular group and, and kind of is probably older than that. But then this Father veils of a Soothsayer rhyme gets adjusted every year, and, and that's modification that keeps pulling people back into it. What is the history of Mummers' plays? Then you were, you were saying about the Wantage Mummers and, and when that was set up and how it's kind of in its current incarnation. Are you aware of how other previous incarnations of, of that group and just generally mummers plays in in England and I guess, the the further afield, island and places. Uh, What's the history of Mummer's Plays? You did say it's quite a complicated kind of history to it.
1: It it is, because Mummer's Plays have picked up something over the centuries, you know, they've been rolling for a very long time. There are bits from various parts of history. Start with the definition, the word mum in Old English meant moot, so miming was part of you know, ancient history. And mum in old French means masking or disguising. Mummerspiel in German means a masked play, mummerspiel. So masking or disguise and maybe miming was part of it in historical context. That's back in history at some point. But masked plays are very old. They were known to the ancient Romans, uh, to the ancient Greeks. And I suppose they were also street plays. So we perform in the street these days or sometimes in the pub but street plays were also known to ancient Rome and they became important I suppose with in a religious context when when they were being used to put across a Christian message you know in the days when people didn't read and write plays of extracts from the Bible scenes from the Bible were were acted by strolling players to educate the public, generally. So these were conducted by strolling players, and sometimes there were morality plays like Robin Hood. So we're talking, you know, 13th century sort of thing. And then under the reign of Edward III, he created a national saint. That's when St. George became, if you like, our hero, our saintly hero. And that character that still endures in many Mummers' plays. So that's around 1350. I remember the first thing that could be described as medieval mumming. That's mumming spelled m o m m Y-N-G, would have been when Richard II came to the throne in 1377. There was a process called mumming that was created for him by the worshipful company of goldsmiths, I think, or John of Gaunt's idea, which involved a procession, a mimed play, a game of dice, which has the French name mom chance. So again, mom is, is linked to, to mumming and a dance. That was the sort of medieval mummer's process. And, and that sort of became publicly quite popular, I suppose. And then you you add in the St. George element. And between the 15th and 17th century, you had people like the monk Jonathan Lydgate and the romance writer Richard Johnson, writing about the life of St. George, romantic stories about his courage. So that came into the public psyche. So we've got mumming, we've got miming, we've got disguise, we've got St. George. And then from 1550 onwards, something was introduced called a chapbook. Now, chapbooks were like comics. They were distributed around the country by different printers and they carried stories. They they carried puzzles and plays and poems and all sorts of things for general public entertainment. The other thing that happened in 1550 that's relevant was that we had Bishop Grindle under Queen Elizabeth I, pretty much banning Christmas, because the Puritans liked to ban anything where people had a good time. You know, anybody enjoying themselves, that wasn't allowed. So Bishop Grindle banned Christmas and other celebrations, including Mama's Plays, that is ancient mumming, and Morris dancing, and so on. He he issued visitations to cities, preventing this. That was important because people missed the good times. So between the 16th, 18th century, people were still trying to visit houses, acting out this ancient sort of medieval mumming process, guess the mummer, the game of chance with the dice, and that sort of thing, and cadging money, ordinary people would have been doing that. But then the breakthrough, from a modern point of view, came in 1746, where researchers have discovered a chapbook which had a particular play called Alexander and the King of Egypt. Researchers discovered most of the words to the modern mumming play in this play published in a chapbook in 1746. So it's important because there are mummers' plays all around the country. But what Peter Millington did was to find the common lines in those plays. For all these plays to have so many similar words, there must have been one source. He and others have been able to pin this down to this particular chapbook. It was a mock play, so it was acted... It was like a, a laughing tragedy, if you like, the Italian style, Comedia dell'arte, I believe it's known. So there was a serious message, but there was a bit of a laugh with it. Uh, that chapbook actually gives the name of this play, but it actually says, as acted out by the Mummers at Christmas. So that's pretty much the starting point, I think, of the modern Mummers hero combat play. And then over the years, there have been variations due to local factors, due to national factors. So St. George became King George, or in our local play, it's King Alfred. The The original the enemy was a Turkish knight taken from the Turkish wars, king of Egypt. Of course, with the Napoleonic Wars, it became a a Napoleon-type character. Hence, we've got Beau Slasher, who's a French officer in Our Mama's play. So it's been tweaked. In summary, the the modern hero combat play started life somewhere around mid-18th century, and it's traceable. And then there's been sort of variations in characters due to sort of local factors. And bear in mind, for most of the time, this wasn't written down. It was handed down from generation to generation, as most folk things are, like folk music is passed on without being written down you know so there are variations which are quite interesting and that's why there are hundreds of variations of the mama's play because it was passed on by word of mouth a lot of the time so there's a very big answer to your question but it is a very big subject
0: because yeah when i've looked into this kind of things that people say oh well the, the kind of scripts that are current at the moment go back you know a few hundred years but there's older mummers' traditions around but as you say like village each, each area kind of modifies it to fit like current events to, to some extent and it kind of changes over there Mummers plays i always associate them with christmas but then the, the similar events happen at other times of year aren't they in, in different areas like easter ones and elsewhere in the year
1: if we if we just go to the sort of 18th 19th century they were very much in the hands of the working people of the villages, if you like and they were used as a method of christmas cheer but I think cadging is the operative word. I mean, they were used to to raise money. You know, the character of Happy Jack comes on, please put something in my bag. So they would give a little play, but they were kind of asking money for it, you know, to supplement the family income. That still happens. I have to say, collecting, we don't go begging these days, but people want to give a donation. And it's an important part of what we do, you know. There is a variation of the Mama's Play, which happens at Easter time, called a pace-egging play. It's very, much the same sort of basis. It's basically the same play, and I think characters in the in the 19th century would take any opportunity, any holiday in the agricultural year, as it, to try and raise a bit of money. Put on a pace-making play at Easter holiday, a Mama's play at Christmas time, the Whitson period, which was a natural holiday in the farming year, was when Morris men would go out dancing and try and collecting money for Morris dancing. It had to work around the working man, as it were,
0: so around the working man and around agriculture cultural times as well like clown one day or whitson and things yeah. where there was a gap in there and people wanted to supplement their incomes through that but i know i know you guys now you do it and you give money to charity that goes on today think of it as a christmas thing then so i presume that in other times you might emphasize certain other characters but i know when i've looked at kind of christmas mama's plays i like the old like father christmas character is that quite a common character in in some of the other plays that you're aware of as well
1: we tend to forget how ancient the character of father christmas is i mean father christmas was an identifiable character back in the 15th century i think you know he 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 appears as father christmas in ancient carols hail father christmas hail to thee is a 15th century christmas carol but i mentioned um, bishop grindle who kind of banned having a good time at christmas so when mamas started house visiting after you know elizabethan times the father christmas character came in because there was the immortal line hoping old father christmas will never be forgot that was there because People wanted to remember the good days, you know, when they celebrated Christmas with feasting and jollity and drinking and, and having fun that good old Bishop Grindle had banned. So remembering Father Christmas was really remembering the good old times. In many of the plays around the country, Father Christmas is the presenter, or I, rem- I mentioned Molly, or sometimes called the rumor or the sweeper, the person who introduces the play. In our play, Father Christmas just has a walk on path. With the line, hoping old Father Christmas will never be forgot. So he's there as a character, but he's not there as a speaking character in the Wantage version of the play.
0: Your version, as you say, has has these different characters and, and you've adapted those <laughs> for local circumstances, but it is quite a common thing in other plays around the area, around the regions, to have that Father Christmas character. I really like that character because it goes back such a long time, as you're saying, it, it's different to Santa Claus. It's a it's a all kind of spirit of Christmas. Well, it's rivalry. a very different
1: character from yeah. Santa Claus. Santa Claus was invented by Clement Moore, who invented the Night Before Christmas poem. You know, it was yes. very much an American invention. I mean, they, they've merged together now in modern times, but Santa Claus was a let's say a different personality from Good Old Father Christmas. <laughs>
0: You're mentioning some other traditions, folk traditions, the mu- musicianship, and you mentioned other types of mummers' plays. I know I'm up in the northeast, and we don't have mummers' plays in the same way that like you do in the <coughs> South and the West of England. So we have the kind of rapper sword dancers. That, yeah. That's the kind of form these things take in different guises. But we don't have mummers' plays in the same way. But how does it link to other traditions? You mentioned Morris dancing as well and folk music. Are there strong links between these kind of different folk traditions and the mummers' plays?
1: There are no sort of links in the dramatic sense. I think what links them is that the the people who like to maintain these traditions, like mumming plays, you know, they're centuries old, they're part of our cultural fabric, you might say, folklore. They're the same sort of people who like to support Morris dancing or wassailing at Christmas time and maintain these traditions. So it's, it's mainly the people who are involved that link them together. There's no exact link between Morris dancing and mumming, although there's a dance in our local play which resembles a Morris dance, you know. But I think the main thing is that mumming is something that links with Christmas, which is an ancient festival, or with Easter, um with Pace and and that's the link, and the people who like to support these things and make sure that there's continuity in in our national traditions, as it were.
0: yeah, I really like that, then that preserving these traditions in and, and the folk music and the the Morris dancing and the the Mummers plays, and getting everyone together and have a good time at special events, and especially at Christmas when bringing a community together like that to celebrate something old but that is made current as well. I was just going to ask, what is your favourite thing about being involved with Mummers plays and with the Wantage Mummers?
1: Well, it's something to do with the previous answer, really. I would say the first thing is I enjoy maintaining our traditions in this country. They're part of our social tapestry. They're part of our fabric um, as a society. I think they're important to who we are, uh, just as traditions in Germany or Spain, Italy are equally important to their character, to their national character. Secondly, there's a camaraderie of of creating the play every year, working together with other people. You know, it's, it's like being in a cricket team or a football team. It's doing things together. Thirdly for us, when we finish the final play, there's always a, a big party celebration in the local pub, plenty of drinking, singing, music, you know, that sort of thing. But probably the most important thing and I said about collecting money is that over the years, we have collected something like 30,000 pounds for a good because been associated with Wantage Mum patients stations like the NHS, Macmillan Cancer Support, the Children's Society and, and a number of local charities, MIND, NSPCC and so on. So worthwhile causes. So we're doing something we enjoy. We're maintaining a tradition and there's a, a material benefit from it as well.
0: I would encourage anyone to check out players in your local area. There are websites you can find. How can people find out more about you guys?
1: uk. Turn up early is all I can say.
0: And that's Boxing Day that you perform those. Always on Boxing Day. Always on Boxing Day.
1: We we produce the book, which gives the history of vintage mamas and mumming in general. It also contains most of Old Father BLZ Bob's annual reviews, and you can buy it on the website, and you can pay whatever you want for it by way of a contribution
0: so wantagemummas.org.uk so people can go on there and find out about the Wantage Mummers and and more about the older mummers traditions and can support the charities that you guys are involved with as well Sam, thanks very much for coming on the show I've really enjoyed this chat Great Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Dream Swarm podcast I've been your host Andy Mark Simpson we hope you'll join us for the next one Remember, you can subscribe to stay in touch with future episodes, and follow us at the website www.dreamswarm.org, or follow on Twitter and Instagram at Dreamswarm. And we look forward to joining you for more supernatural film, stories, and art. In the meantime, be creative, be curious, be kind. We'll see you soon.